Hello, everyone. I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. Well, welcome back, queens. Today we have Michelle Cordero. She is a certified athletic trainer and corrective exercise specialist in Miami, Florida. She was mentored by leading experts in heat illness in the United States while pursuing her degree at University of Connecticut, as well as learned from top educators in the field. She then went on to pursue her master's degree in sports medicine at Florida International University, where she began her medical coverage with young athletes in the high school setting. She has a passion for sports and love nothing more than to help athletes overcome their struggles and get back to competition. Michelle has been the head athletic trainer for the five-time state champion and two-time Dick's National Champion girls basketball team in Florida, has worked with elite level athletes in the U18 and U20 women's national soccer team. Although her primary practice has been working with student athletes in middle and high school, Michelle has also worked with collegiate, professional, and high-level athletes in multiple sports, as well as been part of the medical staff with the FC Barcelona, Escola, an international academy based in Barcelona, Spain that holds soccer camps worldwide. She's a creator of Athlete Remedy, a website devoted to empowering and educating sport parents and athletes with practical tips and guidelines for preventing, treating, and recovering from sports injuries in a language that you can understand. She strongly believes in providing a user-friendly approach that cuts the chase and isn't full of big scientific explanations. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, great. So how's the weather treating you in Florida? Um, it's pretty good. Uh, typically here it is hot and humid, <laughs> but I, I learned very, very quickly or I was reminded of while I was in school in Connecticut that I will never complain of the heat. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a tropical girl yeah. and I, I think ultimately I'd rather have that than uh, deal with Lots of snow. So far, so good. (laughs) Or like in the Midwest, where one day it could be 30 degrees and two days later, 90. It's kind of hard to acclimate. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's that's tough. Here, I basically have to worry about the weather changes quickly, and we'll get a lightning or thunderstorm that'll come through for about an hour or two. You'd think the world is going to end, and then it clears right up, (laughs) and it's like nothing happened, and back to the heat, so... That's that's the majority of yeah the weather change here. <laughs> so Michelle, I would love to just start out with having. I think there's a lot of um, miscommunication as to what an athletic trainer is and does. So I'd love for you to clarify the role that you have with your athletes as a certified athletic trainer. Uh, I absolutely agree, and the problem is because the the name itself, I believe, you know, athletic trainer is pretty misleading. Uh, I I typically tell people that I I am in sports medicine and then kind of work my way back. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So although the name suggests that I would train an athlete, um, a certified athletic trainer is actually a healthcare professional and uh, we are trained in dealing with emergency situations as well as injury prevention, treatment and rehabilitation. So in other words, we are the ones that run out on the field or court when someone gets hurt. And we are trained to basically handle, I would say, pretty much anything. So from your regular ankle sprain to, you know, life-threatening injury or head injury um, on the field, it kind of is all-encompassing. So we work one-on-one with athletes, and I would say a lot of our work is really behind the scenes, which is why I think unless you are a coach or an athlete yourself, you won't necessarily know of what an athletic trainer is. So typically for me, like I said, I am there. We are the eyes that are on the field or court during any sporting event. We run out if something happens. So we are typically there when an injury does occur. But aside from that, we also work, like I said, behind the scenes. So identifying any like predisposing you know, conditions that, you know, an athlete may have, um, particularly a student athlete, which is who I work, work with, you know, and identifying and doing things to, to prevent an injury from happening. We do a lot of, you know, we do taping, we do bracing, we do exercises, um, to help kind of like correct any of these movements that kind of predispose them to an injury. And if they do get injured, we're the ones that are there working with them day in, day out, getting them back to health and, and back to the field. Yeah, uh, I remember one time being at a conference and Dr. Mitch Abrams said, athletic trainers are the bartenders of the sports world. <laughs> they, they see all, they hear all, and they know all. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's very cool. I've never heard of uh, <laughs> it that way. That's, that's, I'm going to use that. <laughs> Go for it. So what very made cool. you decide to be an athletic trainer? You know, it's interesting. I, I did sports all of my life since as long as I can remember. I, I did any everything from like ballet, dancing and basketball. I played with the boys. I mean, I remember vividly one of my first memories of being involved in sports. I was about four years old and I played basketball with the boys and it was never, you know, back then it was it was not as common to have so many um, girls participating in organized sports. So, I mean, I, I did it. You name it. I mean, tennis, volleyball, I ran. I mean, I was a very, very active kid, and I played multiple sports in high school. And I remember, you know, towards the end of of high school thinking, you know, what am I going to (laughs) do with my life? I had no idea. And somebody that I admired that was actually a coach of mine told me, you know, think of something that you would love to do every single day that, you know, you'd want to be involved with and I just kind of began this search and I was like well if I can combine my love of sports with like helping people that would be really cool and Mm -hmm. I did not even know that athletic training existed I actually started on a path of uh, like physical therapy which is very similar Um, so physical therapists typically work um, sort of on the on the latter end meaning they're they're usually not there when an injury occurs as opposed to an athletic trainer right um and so they're very specialized in rehabilitation and so that's sort of where i started my journey and while i was in college i discovered that you know what i could further uh specialize and 
working solely with athletes and kind of being in the action. And that's how I discovered athletic training. And I was, I was all in, um, I, I loved it. I mean, it was very, very hard, but I, I, I loved it. I love being on the field, being like, you know, right in the action um, and getting to learn these skills and helping, um, you know, ha- athletes when they're hurt. Seems mm-hmm. like it's been a natural fit for you. Yeah, it definitely has. I remember uh, it's funny because anybody who's who's been in this profession, you know, you, you, you know kind of the grunt work that has to go with it while you're in college. And my first rotation was with the football team and this is you know division one football team we had 100 guys and you know you were learning as you go but what I really loved about athletic training is that you would be in the classroom taking class learning these skills and then right away you'd be at practice and you'd be practicing those skills so very quickly you would discover first of all if you were cut out for that <laughs> and Secondly, it was an ex- incredible learning environment because you had to actually immediately apply what you just learned. And I discovered that that's, that's where, my, where I'm at my best. And so it really became sort of the groundwork where it really helped me uh, kind of like hone my skills. And I attribute sort of like all of that to, to my success. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about... Um your expertise in sports injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the most common sport injuries you're seeing in females? I know um, ACL injuries are what gets a lot of the attention and discussion around f- with females. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming you're seeing that. And then what other things um, are yeah. common? Definitely ACL. Um, you know, unfortunately, because of our anatomy as females, you know, we have a predisposition. Um, to a certain degree for that. And, um, however, it is interesting to see that there has been a lot of research and a lot of different programs developed to be able to prevent that. So um, I try to stress that, stress that a lot with, um, with my female athletes. Um, so aside, aside from ACLs, believe it or not, you know, I've seen uh, concussions. I know that's another uh, trending topic, unfortunately, right now. Unfortunately and fortunately. Um, right now that I'm seeing also a stress fracture and shin splints. And of course your ankle sprains are, I would say probably like the most common injury I would see across the board. Mm-hmm. What are some things that are putting females at risk for some of those aspects? Some of those um, injuries? You know, I think, uh, I think, you know, aside from, from like ACL, uh, due to the anatomy, like I said, that is different from males for that predisposition. I think, honestly, um, it's, I, I see it across the board, but both, you know, females and males. Um, I think part of it in, in some aspects, for example, like with stress fractures uh, or shin splints, I, I, for example, I had a runner on my cross country team a few weeks ago, uh, very competitive and kind of did too much too soon. Mm-hmm. and, you know, developed a hairline fracture. And I think with those in particular, you see, you know, a lot of female runners specifically that aren't necessarily eating, you know, uh, adequately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it affects, you know, the bone structure. I mean, obviously, you know, hormonally, depending on their age, there's a lot happening in the body where 
you know, you need to eat certain certain nutrients to make sure that you are actually, you know, at this optimal level, um, you know, with with uh, girls getting their periods and then that changing the body and then different deficits and things like that. I think those contribute. Um, there's there's not really as much of an education, mm-hmm. I think, in that part. Right. So there's a stress on training, training, training. But nobody nobody talks about that. And so I see I see sort of a correlation with that. And so I we try I try to um, to sort of add to that and uh, make it part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're big fans of discussing the need to fuel your body around here. So <laughs> absolutely, I think. And, you know, it's something that I've been doing more and more bringing the just the nutrition aspect and I think Mm -hmm. it gets so neglected it's it's almost like people put it in different compartments and don't don't ever think about you know looking at it as a whole Mm -hmm. right so for example you know somebody will be you know will will have an ankle injury and because that changes the way they walk now they're compensating they don't realize it right and their knee starts to hurt or they're having hip pain or like lower back pain on the other side. And it's almost like, I don't understand. Why is my leg, you know, was my shin hurting? It's just my ankle. And it's like people like separate. And it's like, you know what? Let's treat this as a whole body, as Mm -hmm. a holistic view. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, again, people don't think about when they have an injury, they don't think about what they're eating. So I think it is so, so important because we, it's, you know, we need extra, you know, extra help, extra nutrients, you know, mm-hmm. please don't just think that you need to just, you know, take some ibuprofen to get rid of your swelling and ice and that's it. You know, there's other things that we need to be doing, ingesting certain nutrients that are going to help promote healing. And so I, I try to bring that holistic approach and, and sort of, that's part of the education that I'm trying to do sort of say, Hey, um, this, this matters and this is why, you know, um, and this is in a very simple way, this is what you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of like been my goal. Good. Well, let's talk a little bit more again on preventing some of the injuries you're, um, seeing with the ACL injuries. You talked a little bit more of prevention efforts. Have you noticed a drop in ACL injuries for females? Uh, you know, I, I would say personally, uh, I have, it's been, I've had years where I have had nobody, you know, suffer an ACL injury. And then there's been years where there's one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, however, in my, with my experience, I've had the ACL injuries I've had probably in the last four years with my athletes in particular have been mainly due to to trauma. So mm. one comes to mind, she's a soccer player and she actually got tackled mm. from behind. And so that caused her injury. So it was not something that was, you know, biomechanical. She didn't plant or she wasn't, you know, her knee didn't give out. And it was not a non-contact injury. So, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the trend, I would say it, it's, it's gone down a bit um, on my end of things at least. And I think we attribute that to a lot more education with our coaches and our training staff so that not only on our side of things with injury prevention, but on their side, you know, because they're training, they're doing these different drills to get ready for their sport. If we educate the coaches and say, Hey, let's sort of 
modify these exercises or let's add this into the routine, we're doing it in a way where now we are creating new habits and we're making sure that we identify kids that have, you know, poor mechanics, you know, when they're moving. And if, so if you, if you start to identify those and correct those, then you know what, now they're going to start to train properly, you know, with youth sports growing as they are right now so rapidly and so many different, you know, training programs that are available to everybody. I think, although I think it's a good thing, I think it's also important to emphasize the portion of good movement, right? I mean, you know, I see, I see kids and, and uh, coaches all the time worried more about the quantity of training as opposed to the quality mm -hmm. of training. And I think, so what I'm trying to do in a certain respect is sort of you know, shine a light on that part of it, you know, and it's sort of those, those, that detail work, as I like to call it, that makes such a big difference, right? So if you, but I can't be there for every single training session, you know, with absolutely every single athlete, right? And so I'm thinking, okay, so how can I clone myself, so to speak, mm -hmm. right? Well, if I speak to the athlete itself, uh, you know, themselves, or their parent, or their coach, or all of them, and, and explain to them, and, you know, an easy way where they can understand why this matters and what to look at. Now, all of a sudden, Oh, okay. Now they understand. Now they know what to look for and they can correct that, you know, and at scale that becomes now a, a better change. Mm -hmm. does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had this conversation with like my physical therapist who have discussed like in young athletes. So let's say a runner you see has like poor form. However, they're running really well. Do you um, train them to run a different way? Um, ah. So you would say, yes, absolutely. In the long run, that might be beneficial, even though they're, they're performing really well. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a tri tricky spot mm -hmm. because well, I, we I've didn't have that. an answer. <laughs> yeah. It's such a, it's like nobody wants to say one or the other, right? Yeah. Because, you know, you have, yeah, a, a, an elite runner or somebody who's, who, yeah, like you said, is performing well. You have a basketball player who has kind of sketchy, you know, shooting mechanics, but they're the star player. I mean, are you going to step in there and be like, hey, yeah, we need to change the way you shoot. Yeah. You know, it's it's tricky and it's funny. I remember years ago I was um, at a workshop getting uh, continuing education and that was actually something that they brought up. Mm -hmm. um, they mentioned the the speaker there was mentioning um, this basketball player back in the day, um, John Stockton. He played mm -hmm. for like the, yeah. Youth, yeah, his the, the Utah Jazz. Shorty mm -hmm. shorts. <laughs> yep, shorty shorts. Like we love the '90s. Um, I vividly yeah. remember. I was a big like Chicago Bulls fan. Of mm -hmm. course, this is yeah. Oh, yeah. you know Michael Jordan and versus mm -hmm. the Utah Sky Jazz and Carl yeah. Malone. And so I, I vividly remember watching this when I was young. And so defense. he, yeah, he mentioned that he actually at some point in his career had a torn ACL, hmm. and he, he didn't get surgery. He wasn't out. He continued to play. And I, I was like, my jaw dropped. And what he was speaking about, now this is a slightly different, uh, you know, situation. Yeah. However, the, the way they approached it was, you know, they didn't, he was performing well, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the point where I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. They, what they did was they, they worked again behind the scenes to kind of like, you know, analyze the movement and make sure that 
the movements that he needed to do or the musculature that he needed to strengthen so that, you know, in his movement, there was no, you know, no injury. That's what they worked on. So they didn't say, oh, that's it. You got to shut it down. We got to do this. Now, I'm not saying, please, by any means, that that means that, oh, someone tears their ACL, they can keep playing. That That's right. not, you know, the point. However, if somebody is performing well, they're not having, you know, any any pain, any injury issues, then I would look at that assessment very differently. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of a case-by-case scenario, right? I, I think a lot of what I try to do is get away from, putting things out of context. I think there's so that, you know, with so much information that we have available, there's so many like generalizations, right? Like, Oh, uh, you have low back pain. Well, you need to stretch your hamstrings because they're probably tight. Like, okay, well that might be, you know, (laughs) that might be a cause for somebody, but it's not like the answer. Right. And it might not be the exact answer for absolutely everybody to do every single time. And so, I guess to answer that is it's it's really about, you know, education. Mm -hmm. It's about understanding what is happening with that particular athlete, with that particular movement. You know, it's looking at the whole thing and then deciding, you know, with the knowledge that you have, okay, what can we do to, you know, minimize risk for injury, correct any movements or or details we need to correct, and then um, make sure that we also, you know, enhance performance and that in the long run, we are doing what I call, you know, body maintenance, which, uh, which I teach a lot with my, with my student athletes. I, you know, they'll come in and they're sore and I I teach them from the very beginning, uh, how to maintain their body. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you're an athlete yourself, you know, you're in high school, if you're, you have kids, right. You're a sports mom listening and, you're in this, you know, your kids play travel ball. They, every weekend, you know, when they're not in school season, they are out playing travel lacrosse or soccer or baseball, you know, you, you're committed to this. And so, you know, that there are aches and pains and things that happen that aren't injuries that are just part of the territory. Mm -hmm. But if, if you learn about this, what I call body maintenance, right, you learn what to do when you have muscle soreness, what you should do and not do, you know, uh, that's that's really kind of what I'm all about. And I think there is sort of a gap there in the information, which is what I'm trying to fill, where, you know what, you don't we don't just have to talk about, you know, when there's a major injury and you have to go to the hospital and now you have to recover all the way back to health. What about the in between? You know, mm-hmm. your your legs, your, your legs are tired because you had, you know, three games in a row this weekend. And you have practice on Monday and you're 14 years old, you know, and you're a baseball player, but you got a soccer game. You know, these are like yeah. real scenarios. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and so you go online and you Google, it's like, well, what should I do? Or somebody tells you, <laughs> oh, you know, go see a chiropractor, or like go get a massage <laughs> or, oh, you should ice it. Oh, no, don't ice it. Or you should heat it or you should do this. It's like those are all great things. But what do you do right. <laughs> when? Right. And so so that's kind of what I'm what I'm about. I'm trying to sort of bring context back into all that information so that it's easy. Right. I'm all about like not using big scientific words because it it's okay. At the end of the day, you just want to know, all right, my leg hurts. (laughs) What do I do? Mm -hmm. I got a game next week. Uh, I'm sore. What should I do? Should I ice it or heat it? So how long? 
Yeah. <laughs> you I know? like how you use the holistic approach, which kind of ties on with our philosophy. So we'd love to know how you balance out performance, health, intellect, and then trying to sneak in time for self. Absolutely. I think it's, oh, it's huge. And I, I preach this all day, all day long because, you know, especially now there's so many um, expectations and so many responsibilities, right. And pressures that are, student athletes have. Okay. And that's who I deal with every single day. Um, so I always have been a big believer of, of treating it as a whole, like I said, right. So our bodies, we just have one body and it's, we need to take care of it. (laughs) And that doesn't just mean we need to train, and and be fit and healthy but there's the other side of it right there's the emotional aspect you know um mentally the mental aspect of the game is is huge right and especially when it comes to dealing with an injury or being in recovery um it's funny because i i I speak to some of my friends and colleagues and i tell them that you know what the majority of my work is really i I just sit there and listen and it's a lot of you know being able to kind of have the confidence again and, and understanding that this is part of the process. Right. So I like to always, always um, bring that into the conversation, right. Regardless of if we're dealing with a physical injury, um, I'm very aware of the effects it has, you know, emotionally, mentally. And I always like to, uh, to give perspective. You know, I think perspective is, is very, very important um, you know, looking at sort of the grand scheme of things, taking the scope and kind of bringing it out a little bit um, so that you can so that you can manage kind of the situation a little bit better. Um, and I think if we if we again, if we start empowering and having these conversations, then we can have a, a much more positive effect because we are, you know, like I said, we have one body, but it's, you know, in the world of, of athletics and performance and, and life, you know, we are, you know, multidimensional, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for going, coming on today. I hope you enjoy your day off yeah. and we'll be sure to thank put you. all your information on the show notes so they can find you and get some answers. That would be fantastic. Thank you, uh, ladies, for having me on. And um, I would love for your listeners to reach out if you are a sports mom, um, have any questions. Um, I think I provided you with the links. Uh, mm-hmm. I have an, mm-hmm. a growing online community on Facebook where we do a lot of interactions. I answer questions one-on-one. We do live Q&As and trainings and things like that. I really want to be able to provide value. Um, so please feel free to reach out, um, contact me, and I'd love to see you in there. Great. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks so Michelle. much. Mm-hmm. Bye, All right. Queens. Have a great, great day. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you to our sponsor today, Sentimano Counseling. Sentimano is the premier perinatal mental health practice in Kansas City, treating mood disorders during pregnancy and postpartum, perinatal loss, infertility, eating, and exercise disorders. Go to Sentimano.com for further information about the practice and services. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. And Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, Queens.